This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Hello, and welcome to the morning break with Graham Stanley. Today, I'll be talking to Doris Malero from Venezuela about her work with students and teachers in 3D virtual worlds. If you're listening live and also have experience of this, or have a question you'd like answered, then come and join me in, in the conversation. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Welcome to the morning break, everyone. I'm Graham, and today's subject is virtual worlds and education. I've invited English language teacher Doris Malero from Venezuela to talk about her experience of using 3D virtual worlds. Now, many years ago, when I lived in Barcelona, Spain, 50% of my job was managing several islands for learners and teachers in the 3D virtual world of Second Life. There was a lot of buzz about this type of environment then, with many educators, me included, believing that this was going to be the future of online language learning and teaching. Now, the reasons for that are many, but they included the fact that in order to learn a language well, learning in general, really, it's necessary to create situations with students that are memorable. I think this is the case in the classroom, and it's definitely the case when learning online. It's common sense, really, if all you offer your students is for them to be sitting at their desks and turning pages in a book while you stand at the board, then we all know that's going to be difficult to motivate learners and lessons will blur into one and boredom will soon set in as well. Now, in a face-to-face -face classroom, teachers are used to making things interesting, changing the dynamics, working in groups, doing session work, etc., project work. When teaching online, however, I think it's more usual for teachers to present themselves as talking heads. And even with breakout rooms in Zoom or Teams, it's a challenge to create a memorable online learning experience. So that's the appeal of virtual worlds, uh, such as Second Life. You have more formal potential in a 3D world to create a stimulating, interesting and memorable experience for learners. And that was the main reason why this type of online environment was so appealing. Now, back when I was actively involved in Second Life, it didn't quite turn out the way we hoped it would. And teachers and learners, people in general, stopped using the platform and turned instead social networks such as Facebook and Twitter. And educators interested in continuing with 3D virtual worlds started becoming involved in the game Minecraft, I remember. And so Second Life, SL for short, seemed to fall by the wayside, or so it seemed to me. SL, however, continues, uh, continued and continues to be an attraction to some educators. And there is a core group of teachers and researchers and learners who have never left, continuing to work and spread, uh, spend time there and in other virtual worlds. Now, lately, the new 3D virtual worlds new 3D virtual worlds have appeared. And since the announcement of the metaverse, which sounds very similar to some things that uh, SL was promising, 
But with the addition of virtual reality, interest is once again rising in this type of environment. Because of this, it seemed natural to me to take another look at SL. And so I decided to invite a friend and passionate educator who has continued to work and spend time in virtual worlds to talk to me about what it is that she finds so interesting in these platforms and why she has continued to work with students there. We'll also talk about what she thinks the future holds, so I can't wait. And I wonder if she's going to convince me to dust off my old avatar called Baldrick Commons and return to Second Life. We shall see. Now, remember, um, if you would like to join in uh, the conversation live today, um, uh, then please download the Podbean app onto your mobile, visit ttradio.org and click on Listen Live on the homepage. This should take you directly into the show. Once there, you can post comments and ask questions during the conversation. And once I've spoken to Doris, I'll open up to any of you who want to call in. So I'll be back with the interview with Doris um, just after Teacher Talk Radio News. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk. Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure that Bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. Introducing Autism Aspirational Futures, a virtual SEN conference for parents and carers. Do you work with parents or carers of students with autism? If so, this free virtual conference from Witherslack Group can support them and you. Providing inspiring talks from leading experts, offering practical advice on supporting children and young people with autism and associated needs. This very special event will take place during Autism Acceptance Week and is sure to be an enjoyable occasion for everyone wanting to develop their knowledge, understanding and celebrate their children's amazing superpowers. Don't miss out! Register for free at witherslackgroup.co.uk today. 
with a Slack group, the leading provider of schools and children's homes for children with special educational needs. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In Wales, COVID cases among pupils and school staff have fallen slightly in the past week. Public Health Wales said cases reported by schools did not mean that infection took place there. This week, whole year groups have been sent home to work due to staff absences, with head teachers saying they cannot secure supply cover when staff are off for COVID and non-COVID reasons. Of the total 694 cases in the six days to March the 15th, 454 were in primaries, 177 in secondaries and 63 in other, which includes independent and special schools and pupil referral units. Surfers Against Sewage, a Cornish charity based in St Agnes, is calling on the government to help make all schools free of single-use plastics by the end of the year. Surfers Against Sewage says, In 2018, the Education Secretary urged all schools to eliminate their use of single-use plastic by 2022. We are now in 2022, and the government have done nothing to support schools in achieving this. Emily Van de Geer, Education Manager for Surfers Against Sewage, said The reason we want to do this as a collective activism action is so that schools can all join together at the same moment in time and make a voice so loud that the government has no choice but to listen. They have a really powerful voice and if we can help work with young people on knowing the power of that voice and where they can direct their energy and really encourage them all to become ocean activists, then we can really drive that change. Pupils in Portreath are among those who have been working hard to drive that change. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to look at technology and supporting us getting lunch. Why? Because I asked every teacher I met last week if they had lunch regularly, and most of them said no. The reason being, they're too busy most days. Now, right off the bat, I'm not going to discuss any types of diet. This is just about getting lunch. Simple ways to get calories in to power the body. As always, I've tested these things out for you and added my humble opinion. First, and with zero extra cost, using the technology of the freezer. You can freeze a sandwich. I quite like this idea as it stopped me eating a sandwich in the car on the way to a school. If I know a sandwich is there, it calls to me. It calls to me. It, calls to me. it being frozen meant a hat to wait. The downside is making the sandwich. 
However, throwing 10 slices of bread down, adding filling and then into a Ziploc bag would be quite easy on a Sunday evening. You might need quite a bit of space in your freezer though. Next, I used a trusty thermos mug and noodles. I thought it was a good idea, but unlike a sandwich that you can eat on the go, I needed a fork and then had to consider not dripping it on my tie, so I actually had to stop and eat. So not as simple as a frozen sandwich, but I did have a hot lunch. Now hold on to your hats. I tried this again. I did enjoy a hot lunch, so I smashed the noodles up before I put the water in the second time around. That day, I drank my lunch. No need to find a fork, lid off, quick swig of noodles, genius. The downside I can see is washing the mug. I know I'll find it on the draining board waiting to be washed when I want to get out the door. Finally, I tried a snack bar. You can get these quite cheap online and you can find them to match most dietary needs. It was definitely the easiest option, but would be the most expensive over time. For me, it didn't feel as lunch-like, if I was being totally honest, but it did the job of rapid calorie input on the go. So, in conclusion, if you're not having lunch, why not try one of these ideas? You will definitely feel better for it. P.S. I googled International Lunch Day and it actually exists. However, it's on the 10th of March, so we've missed it. Gutted. As always, don't forget to check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. Tell us what you have for your lunch. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. So thank you very much, Doris, for joining me today to talk about your work in virtual worlds. Before we get down to it and into the details, perhaps you can talk a little bit about your background. You're originally from Venezuela, and I believe you got your PhD at uh, the Universidad Rafael Belloso Chasin. Is that right? Chasin. <laughs> sí. Chasin. Okay, in, in Venezuela, where afterwards you taught for 15 years, is that right? Yeah. Okay, could you exactly. talk a little bit more about your life pre-virtual worlds then? Okay, I used to teach at uh, the university in the regular way. There was face-to-face -face classes with, yeah. I got big groups of students. Once I, I even have 82 students uh, <laughs> to have a face-to-face to, -face to teach them to say hi hello how are you that's what we used to do you know at that time then i get smaller groups like 40 students and then finally like 32 students um and then came uh, the time where blended courses started to show up you know and i yeah. got the chance to 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 be part of web heads in action that's been a school for many educators all around the world. We had been, what helps in action had been around since 2002. And what this uh, wonderful group of people, uh, educators did at that time, and, and they continue doing it, it's like any new tool that came up, uh, they will use it in their classes and then get together, discuss about it and share experiences. So it was, practicing discovering getting frustrated but at the same time in the comfort of being in a community so that's have been my my school and that has been what i have done all the time so whatever a new technology comes uh, up uh, you just you know go check it out experiment get together with the people that are using it and try to make it work for you because 
something that people think is that you have to go to any new platform that comes around, okay, or then the latest tool, you have to use it, and that's the only thing that you can use, and, and you have to go there, and you have to learn everything about it, you know, and we are so tired and so, so busy with our uh, own realities in our classrooms that you don't have the time, and so it's just, okay, disconnect, and no, 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 I'm going to continue doing what I've been doing, because that's the way I was taught, you know, uh, when I was back at, at training school and so we don't step into new things but after COVID this thing have changed completely and I think one of the one of the greatest things about the community of practice you you mentioned web heads in action was that the idea of um, not being alone especially during the days when educational technology was emerging and was very there wasn't really anyone that you could go to to learn about it other than the people who were learning about it themselves. And so that group that I discovered um, and was fascinated by in the same way as you, you know, just to get together with people um, who were able to share what they were doing was um, was very motivating. I learned so much from being part of it and I will definitely have to dedicate a whole show to web heads and action in the future. <laughs> yes, you but should. Doris, you're, you, there's so much they can share. You're now not working or living in in Venezuela, is that right? You you've moved to Argentina. How yes, how long have right you been now, in Argentina? Uh, six years now. I've been here for six years now. You know, and in so, Buenos Aires or, no, or somewhere else. No, I am in Jujuy. That's in the north of Argentina. Okay, yes. I've never been there, but um, I know of it. You, sh you should come, you know, sometimes. Yeah. Beautiful place. Beautiful, I, I love, I love uh, Argentina. Uh, it's the colors in the mountains country. are, you know, just spectacular. And this, this, this is this vibe that is like you come here and then you just forget about the world. There's something in the air. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. You should one come. of the <laughs> one of the most fascinating, certainly, I think one of the most interesting landscapes I've ever been to anywhere in the world was Patagonia in the south of Argentina. It's just incredible, oh, incredible. Yes, yes. It just uh, came really from a, a trip uh, last December. And we even got to go to the Perito Moreno. You know, we went all yes, the way from Jujuy well. to Patagonia. It's such and a it was variation just... of, of landscape, oh, yes. of geography. Yes, geography. You, you had a chance to 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 visit all 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 kind of you know environment you got lakes you have uh, rivers you got mountains Glaciers. you got ice you got a desert <laughs> it, it is it is it is amazing, amazing. you know it's, it's it's a trip worth to take so i recommend yes, it definitely so in in Argentina, you work for another university, is that right? Yes, right now I am working with uh, Universidad San Pablo de Tucumán, that's in another province online. Being um, a migrant is difficult, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. to find yeah. a, a job. Um, so, but they, you know, accepted me. Maybe because I have some experience that, that they needed, like, you know, teaching online using Moodle platform and all that yeah. um, is something that is after COVID, it's like boom, now you had more people doing this kind of uh, training and, and registering a university this way because you are in different parts of the world. And now 
everything, everybody's moving, you know, with, after COVID people are, and remote working is something that is now the thing to do. I get, uh, at this moment, I don't need to go to a university. As a matter of fact, the university work is like, okay, and part of it, but it's not the center because I cannot enter a national university because of the requirements and the paperwork that you have yeah. to go through as a migrant, yeah. right? Uh, online is, they have like a, a little bit different uh, approach, you know, to accept uh, teachers. And, but what I do now is teach online. I got my own practice. I, I have my own students. So I get the chance to do what I really need, uh, what I think the students need. And this is a, these are uh, more uh, small classes. I worked a lot, of course, but um, it's like, you know, personalized teaching because then you adapt to whatever the student needs. It's not like big groups. So you have the students need to adapt to, to the program and all the institutions. So it's, it's a little bit of, you know, I, yeah. I feel free. And, and that's why I had the chance and the time to go and introduce a virtual world in my teaching and and using it in a different way. I don't tell my students, you have to go to the virtual world, you have to get an avatar and get there. I know about uh, working with virtual worlds, especially Second Life. The learning curve is, is a little bit stepped and sometimes you don't have the time, you don't have the, the computer, you don't have the internet connection that is you need to do this or the time or the patient or, or or probably you don't like it. I have all kind of students. I have yeah. the elderly, the young, you know, the enthusiastics, the, the ones that are just focused on, on passing an exam. Okay. Yeah. So, but so, whenever um, I have the chance, we go with projects and, and, and the students love it. And perfect. they say, oh, I wish I had more time to do this. But at least they had a glimpse of what uh, what is it like. And so, if... Doris, let me yeah, just inter sorry. interrupt you there. I talk briefly. too much. <laughs> no, 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 it's fabulous. Uh, it's all great. But um, just for anyone out there listening, any of the teachers who may be thinking, what is a virtual world? What 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 is it exactly? Could we step back a bit? And um, I know you and I have both used them extensively. You more a lot more than, than me, certainly recently. Could you just describe a little bit what exactly is a virtual okay. world for those people who might not know? A virtual world is, is a world that you enter, 3D world. And for example, it's Second like, Life um, is... It's a bit like a computer game, isn't it? A 3D... Exactly. Second Life is a sandbox. That's how you will define this kind of world, you know. And when you enter in a, in a, if remember the playground, you go to the sandbox yeah. and they, you can build whatever you you want, and that's what happens in in this virtual world. You, as a teacher, design uh, uh, or you can build whatever or create or uh, introduce your students into stories or visit museums or or whatever you imagine yeah. it can happen so there's, there. um, there's an existing community of people who use a virtual world such as, you know, a popular virtual world such as Second Life um, and have done for years and years and years, isn't that? And they've created sort of areas, some of them based on real world places and some of them completely fantasy places. And yes. you could take your students to any of these to visit 
um, and use it as a setting for conversation or for learning about it. Um, that that's one of the things that I found was fascinating about about Second Life. Is that something you do a lot of, or do you do yeah. other things? The you beauty, projects, the beauty, example? yes, the beauty of virtual worlds is the experiential. I mean, mm. you go there and then you can experience the whole thing. Imagine that you're teaching uh, conversations at a restaurant, okay? So you can just have a restaurant there and their avatars can interact and then you can uh, use different techniques like role play and, and avatars take turns. And well, that will not be avatars, that will be students. That's something that we had to remember that when you go into a virtual world, it's not an avatar, it is you behind the avatar. It is you yeah. or is your student uh, being brave enough to produce, to say things, you know? Sometimes maybe using an avatar makes you feel like, okay, this is not me, uh, this is my avatar doing this and I, I feel I can do it, okay? The more you do it, the, the more confident you feel. And then, and, and again, this is just a tool again, that will help your students uh, yeah. experience things that you cannot do online or Definitely. in a face-to-face -face situation. For, for me, I think the benefit of doing it in a 3D world, such as Second Life, going to the restaurant, for example, as you say, is that it's far more memorable than, you know, if you're sitting looking at students' heads online um, and just showing a picture it's more of a memorable experience and learning for me is all about that. If you can create a learning, a, a, a memorable experience out of a class, then the material, whatever you're trying to practice or learn about will, will stick and it will become far more, far easier for students to learn. That, that for me yes. is the most the interesting fact of, thing of, about it. Of having your avatar seat on a, on a chair, it's it gives them the idea of, of what sitting the word seat or the sound seat is about yeah. you know it's so it's a bit uh, like it's a bit like embodied learning but you're not using your own body you're using the body of the avatar um yeah and, you know <laughs> it, it feels it feels really good you know it feels really good that's my experience through through I have had I have made lots of friends that the only interaction that we have is through avatars and then they right. are as real as the ones that I used to share at, back at the university in Venezuela and yeah as a matter of fact teachers in in Venezuela for example Evelyn Izquierdo she's in Caracas she's also she was in in, in virtual worlds and and we only have met once or twice, but it had felt like we had been friends forever. I'm sure that it will be the same with you, Graham, one day if we get together. Yes. Because we had had uh, some, so, so much. We had shared so much things. I, I cannot forget uh, the experiences that Graham uh, built with uh, British Council, the Arthur quest and Nessie and all that. I took my students on quest to, to, to that island. And for them, it was experiencing and when they had to walk, walk and uh, read and find clues. And they were, I mean, it, it, it is, it felt like uh, that was the feedback I got with my students. We had fun, we did something different, learned about the culture because you got immersed in the yeah. world. 
That's and, it, really. And, and I think, you know, if you're learning with students online, particularly if the subject is a language um, where what you want to do is stimulate conversation, um, I think, you know, whatever you can do to help stimulate conversation, um, particularly if you want to steer the uh, students towards speaking about a particular topic area, then something like Second Life, I found was um, a really interesting way to do it, a very easy way to um, to do it. And as I said before, and often very memorable. Uh, I still remember vividly experiences I had in Second Life as if they were experiences I, I you know, I had in in real life. I remember, I remember sitting um, with a teacher watching a sunset and having this really interesting conversation about teaching and learning, and. A lot of what we've talked about stuck in my mind since then, and I'm sure it's partly because of the actual uh, situation. It was like, you know, because where we were, we were sitting on top of a mountain watching a sunset, and it's not often yes. you get to do that in real life and have that kind of conversation yes. with someone, and definitely not with someone on the other side of the world. Yes, um, the feelings are real. I mean, you feel uh, happy, you feel humbled, you feel angry sometimes at some things, you feel like you are uh, there. So, for example, something that we do all the time after conferences and and and, and that is always a part of of, uh, <laughs> of learning and teaching in virtual world is having a party, okay? Get it together, exactly. listening to music together. You choose the music that you like, you can talk about that. And then dancing, okay? Most of people, well, that's what I do. I always stand up in front yeah. of my computer and dance too, which, and like, I feel like I am part of I can a definitely... community. I can definitely dance in Second Life much better than I can in real life. <laughs> That's the beauty of the scene, you know. You should see all the choreographies that we can do together, yeah. you know. It's, yeah. it's wonderful. So, so, Doris, talk to me a little bit more about what you actually do with your students. What, what do you teach in Second Life um, or okay. other virtual worlds? And um, I know that you're involved in very interesting projects as well, project work. I'd love to hear a bit more about that. Yes, back when I was back in Venezuela and, and I used to teach students, graphic design students, for example, mm -hmm. um, there was the um, a university from Australia. They had a wonderful art exhibition where invite, they invited uh, artists, I mean, anybody in, 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 in virtual worlds to present work. So, so I used to take my students for graphic design to go there. They were starting to work with desktop graphic design. So for them, that was really interesting, you know, and, and that was something new that they haven't used before. And nowadays, I get, I, they, I get, they, they talk to me, and they are working on on, on modeling three D objects and, and things like that. So that was part of it. Or, uh, for example, also we worked on a project called My Face for Peace. There was a a, a book someone was trying to put together from Germany, mm -hmm. and. Uh, at that time, Venezuela was going through the first uh, demonstrations and problems that we have. Yeah. And my university was at the co in a corner that was a very popular corner. It is a very popular corner in, in my home city, Maracaibo. And outside there were the protests, people getting angry. And even in the classroom, you, you have a, a class that was divided 
ones were pro or the other was against. Uh, so to keep peace in the classroom, it was like, okay, this is the kind of project that we need. We need to show, yeah. uh, we, we need words for peace, okay? So this was a project in Facebook. And then we started crossing portals, okay? We started crossing platforms because uh, that was uh, in Facebook. Then you have a website where you were supposed to post your face with a message for peace. I use it in my class. We talk about, we, we learn the vocabulary of peace. We talk about the problem that we were having. And at the same time, uh, with all that we produce, because my students produce, send those pictures to to the site and they 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 published a book that was wow. a book with 10,000 faces from around the world with messages of peace so it was Wonderful. connecting the classroom to uh, uh something that was going on at the moment uh, connected to your own reality yeah. learning the language learning what to say to participate in this you know it's, <laughs> and it's something that is happening right now also and this problem in Venezuela started a long time ago. I, I am, I've been here as a result, I, I am here for six years and it's still happening, uh, it's still yeah. happening. So that's why uh, another project that I am working now in, in virtual worlds related to social issues, related to our, our reality, it's to advocate because people think, oh, that happened, that's over, you know, that no. what Venezuela, what happened there is, but it's not, it's still happening. And as a matter of fact is right now, before this presentation, uh, when uh, you entered, you saw me that I was writing, I was answering to a group of Venezuelans that are refugees. They are trying no. to find their way to get to Uruguay, okay? And mm -hmm. these are the, the ones that doesn't have anything, okay? They lost everything they are, and they are young and they have family, they have kids. And, and, and so this is still happening, you know? And that's yeah. why I decided to, oh, with the, sorry, <laughs> with the face, my face uh, for peace also. We have a, an exhibition in virtual worlds, we get avatars and we show, you know, the community in the virtual world about what's happening in Venezuela. But that is something that is very common in virtual worlds. If you go into virtual world, you will find a lot of organizations like uh, Relay for Cancer or uh, One Million Racing that is about women talking about, yeah. uh, you know, violence and all that. And you get all these kind of uh, events happening all year long to raise funds for charity. That is one that is for children in Africa. So you get all these kind of things. So I say, well, okay, we can be part of this too. So that's why I brought my students and I say, well, this is happening. This is another way to uh, share what's going on and, and teach about values and uh, about how to help and how to, and, and the, the language of peace, okay? The language of uh, getting to know each other and, 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 Avatars is something wonderful because, you know, you you don't doesn't matter where you're from. What matters is you're there. And if you look at the mini map in in a virtual world, you a mini map is 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 a way to see a big area, a big piece of land, and you will see green dots in that map. And those green dots, uh, they are avatars, okay? And but they are not only avatars; they are people. 
<laughs> so when you are there and if you are, you say, well, this is empty, there's nobody here. You have to look at the mini map. And in the mini map, you will find green dots and those green dots are people. So the, the educational community in the virtual world of Second Life has um, continued to be quite, quite strong, hasn't there? There are lots of educators, researchers who are, who are there spending a lot of time there uh, teaching yeah. and also doing research and meeting and uh, meeting other educators and sharing experiences. Is that right? Yes. Uh, Webheps, we're still there. We are part of Evo Village. You know, you know Evo Village. If you're familiar with Evo Village, it's a T-Soil. Yeah. The um, EVO or Evo is the Electronic Village Online, which yes, they hold workshops every January, isn't it? January and February. Yes. And they're part of TESOL, the English Teachers Association that is based in the States. Right now, I am part of a, I'm an assistant coordinator there. And every year, the group that is in EduNation, that's where uh, language educators uh, used Cluster. to be all the time. Yes, yeah. other language uh, you get. Uh, and we have a wonderful team there, like Randall. Um, Randall Sandler. Uh, Randall Sandler and Heike and Carol Rainbow and and many more uh, Hazel and and Kip Yellow Jacket. Yeah, I don't know if you're familiar with Kip. Yes, I do Kip, know. He is he's the one that started Sickle Life uh, Language and that's also the interesting the interesting thing about uh, names in Second Life is that your avatar name is always different to your real name so you have an identity which uh, which becomes part of you if you like it's quite an interesting experience so my avatar's name was the main avatar that i had was baldrick commons and i still think of baldrick commons as an extension of me um and i like to think sometimes even though i haven't been in second life very often recently i like to think he's still there doing what he does somewhere in the yes, world. He's there. He's there for sure. It's just have to, you have to just sign in and then you will be there. He will be there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, avatars are, are as, as a matter of fact, uh, my, I mean, when I think of keep yellow jacket, it's, I think of his avatar. Uh, I know he's a wonderful teacher and right now he's in, in Germany and he offers a, language classes not only english he's always inviting teachers all over the world to teach italian or german or yeah that's uh, the thing isn't it there, there. Are, there are lots of um i know there are lots of language classes and small groups of people who get together to learn from each other on a weekly basis and have been for years and years cyprus chat is another one that is still going on there and you got eugenia uh, she teaches Spanish in Chilbo. Uh, there are a lot of communities of uh, educators and, and just culture communities like Ayuda uh, Virtual, that's, that's a, a community of Spanish speakers. Um, they, they have all kinds of uh, activities going on there. And those are wonderful for your Spanish class, for example. If you're teaching in Spanish, you take them to those. And so what I do with my students is I take my students to these other communities. For example, uh, role-playing communities like Avilion, that's that's another part, a big 
part of my school in virtual worlds because that's where I learned all the basic things, you know, how to build, how to communicate, how to walk, everything was there and they're uh, playing a game, okay? So that was before gamification and all that. Uh, we were doing these kind of things and that was a wonderful way to learn about how to uh, live, work, teach, experience uh, a virtual a virtual world of course and doris i think um how would how would a teacher if they are listening to this now and think hmm, that's something i'd quite like to get involved in or or at least try and find out more about it how would they start how do we start they will have to select the well they can join a community of teachers, you know. So they, Evo they would, Village, they would Evo need, Village has they, a, a hold on offers. A Backtrack. <laughs> they would first have to go to the Second Life um, website. Yeah, well, Second Life is started. Yes, Second Life is started. The good thing about Second Life is that you already have a set of avatars that are ready. And yeah. if you, you don't have trouble, like, okay, I don't know how So to, they just create uh, an account? Create an account. Create an account. Um, you download the an software. Avatar. Yes, you have to download the, the software. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Step one: get an account. <laughs> Step two: yeah, exactly. download the software. And then, and, and join then a community. Go in there and what? But which communities would you suggest a teacher look for? For example. Well, Evo Village, Edunation, Virtlantis, Cypress Chat. Those are places where you will find in English language teachers, you know. Okay. Working so there. They, but they also then... there are other many, many others, like the community library. That's something that is always there. Yeah. There is also, um, there are many other educators, uh, communities that are not dedicated to language specifically, but they will teach you the basics. There is a, an island that I always take my student that is called Virtual Ability. And okay. they have a really, really wonderful tutorial on how to 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 start work I mean moving that, around that then sounds like a good place to start so the once in the virtual world of second life they can search for that and then they can teleport over there can't they and uh, speak to whoever's there or interact with the how to get started uh, place yeah, and of course, this is something new, okay? So you have to keep an open mind, like, okay, yeah. this is the first time I'm doing this, so uh, not everything is going to be perfect. And But I highly recommend that you find someone that already been there yeah. and, and help you around. We have uh, every year that is a conference right now that is happening uh, uh, on the 28th. 29 and 30 and the 1st of April yeah. that is called virtual world best practices in education okay so I recommend you to if you want to start right now it will be nice to join this to join that and yeah. you will find a lot of uh, volunteers at the places where you will land when you go to a uh, to learn to teleport those words that you had to to get used to that's also mm -hmm. that's how 
it's wonderful teleporting i love teleporting you yeah know, you just... can you can teleport and you can fly in virtual worlds which yes, is, you can is fly a very nice too. thing to do that's wonderful <laughs> and there you will find volunteers that will give you all the information that you need to to where the event the the, the the presentations are going to be exhibitions or just basic information and and so it, after it's a great way to start if if anyone wants to join you then all they need to do is is search on virtual worlds um Pionia destiny see there we go yes that's Feel your avatar to, name to, yeah? to call me that's my avatar Pionia, okay pio no pioneer or <laughs> pio 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 like that like that. well in the spanish los pollitos dicen pio pio <laughs> okay what a so we've talked quite a lot about Second Life, which is um, still, a, it seems, the main virtual world where educators are. But are there any other virtual worlds that you've tried out that uh, oh, yes. you think are worth looking at? Edmondo. Edmondo is, is a world that is by the Italian community of teachers, CLEAL community. They have done wonderful things. Uh, we had worked with them also. Um, also, uh, open sims and um, kindly. There are many educators community, uh, communities there. Uh, as a matter of fact, edunation that is in um, is also in kindly. Why do we go to edunation in kindly? Because over there, it's even cheaper than being in Second Life. In Second Life, but it you doesn't, get it doesn't you get a cost free account. Anything. It doesn't cost anything to be in Second Life, but if no, you want to own to land, just like yes. if you want to own land in real life, you need to pay for it. Is that right? Well, yes. And then you become into a hacker like me because, you know, <laughs> I don't have money. I, I'm from Venezuela and, and we don't have uh, grants or, or you know, sometimes when you are from uh, universities in the United States or in Europe, you get... Yeah. really nice uh, ways to 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 find uh, how to to do things yeah. but what you can find is a lot of educators that are passionate about what they do and they have land so they invite you to come and say oh you have an idea come here you can be here in my land okay so you can also, you can virtually squat on their land basically yes definitely <laughs> yes that's what i do that's how i am what i have done all these years you, is you because only of need, the generosity of of other educators and you only need to have um money in second life if you want to buy yourself some nice clothes is that right or um, other things no necessarily you know you, then you get in touch with freebies you know there are freebies yeah. there are a lot of uh creators so can, in in, in you can, second life you can enjoy the experience in the virtual like world like second life without without having access to cryptocurrency in in the world which no, i think you know that they, it's called linden dollars isn't it so but you don't yes. need that but there are people actually it's quite interesting because this is one of if you like it's one of the first cryptocurrencies that uh perhaps existed because it 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 does have an exchange rate people do earn money in that world there are some people who definitely used to earn their living out of that uh, and i'm guessing there are still some people who do definitely teachers even though uh, you can design tools and then sell them in the marketplace you know so yeah. as a way to to get some money but most of the time teachers are teachers and we all 
what we do, we do it out of love and, and, and passion. Uh, so a lot of teachers will share whatever they have uh, produced yeah. and, and, and give you a hand so with that. Just to go back to one of the other virtual worlds you mentioned, Kitely, what kind Kitely. of what kind of difference this difference the difference find? of kitely is that uh, this runs it can run in your own computer right. if you want to you can have so you your don't own... need to download software uh yes you need a uh you need a uh you need uh how do you call it um a browse it's like a browser it works like a browser but, uh, so it, it runs a in viewer any, that's it, what that's the word a viewer right. you need so to download a viewer you, still you need, need to, to have download this, the viewer yes okay. you need to that's the one that will allow you to get into the world and once you got uh this worlds which has to register you also get an avatar but the good thing about this world is that you can jump from one world to another world something that you cannot do in second life second life you use your avatar in second life only in second life and if you are part of open scene kitely or Edmondo, for example, I am in kitely but with my avatar from kitely I can go to Edmondo uh, or to there are mm, a lot of worlds. I mean, it is amazing yeah. how different communities have have uh, created their own experiences. And then you go, you can go to to Berlin, and you can go to France, or you can go to Japan, or you can go to Russia. The different cultures have created their own things. These and are your avatar representations you, of the real countries or cities. Yes, and cultures, and and if you are a farmer and you like farming, then there are places where there are farmers, <laughs> and you can learn about farming, or there Fantastic. are there are places. Uh, I mean, so you I, can go underwater, live underwater. You can go to space. You can go anywhere. I have I have to say, I'm getting interested again. The more I talk to you, the more <laughs> I'm interested. I'm in. The only thing that I have a reservation about is. I used to, you know, I, I used to spend half of my working life in Second Life uh, oh, yes. managing yes. managing islands for the British Council. And I it does take up a lot of your time. If you let it takes up as much of your time as you as you let it really. And it can be very this is the whole thing about an immersive experience. Um you can get sucked into it and hours will go by. In the same way yes. that you can wrap, get wrapped up in a computer game or a TV series or whatever, and or reading a book. lose yourself or reading a book, of course, yeah. That's it. I mean, it's just this is just projects, you know. What I do is like, okay, I got a project now. I want to have this. I want to show my students about the diaspora, the Venezuelan diaspora, and the problem. So I spend a lot of time and I think about how can I transmit this, how can I show this, how can they experience this. Yeah. and that's productivity i mean it's a lot of time yeah it's, it's a whole new way of looking at education and just to mention you know? you've shared with me doris a lot of links to um information about for example this project that you've um done which is an exhibit about the venezuelan diaspora and has storytelling and language learning and virtual characters and animated videos and you've done that to tell the stories of the Venezuelan refugees and migrants to teach about social issues. Um, and people can go into Second Life and visit that. 
and I will definitely share those links in the uh, description of the of the show when it's published as a podcast, so people can actually go and check it out, which I think is really well, interesting. And I, I will you. definitely it's do the same. Kind of therapeutic thing, also because you know I am very close to this uh, problem. So trying to explain the world, uh, trying not. It's not only that, oh, poor people, you know, the, the diaspora is, is the experiences that now these migrants yeah. are all over the world building new countries, okay, being part yeah. of new cultures and helping other countries to be better, you know, and, and yeah. so that is also reflected in the in the exhibition. Yeah, in this in this exhibition, um, right now we got two exhibitions, the one that is in Chilbo, that's a community of educators that where they have allowed me to build things. I have not only the diaspora, but also I have uh, virtually anywhere in Second Life that is a transmedia sort of story that uh, thanks to this, we have these uh, places that you can visit episodes of this. Uh, this is a uh, audio, this is a, um, a listening, I mean, how do you call this? A, an audio story, this is, this yeah. is uh, something that, you, it's a story that was produced to be listened to, okay? So what yeah. we did is that we represented all that in, 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 in 3D in, in Second Life. And also we worked on producing um, a photo story. Um, it's not a photo story, it's a um, graphic novel, okay? okay because then great. you get the audio of the story, you get the representation in the 3D, and then you got this uh, uh, graphic novel when I use this with my students that had all uh, listened to the to the episodes and work with the exercises in a regular class, uh, you will, you know, the way you will do it, and then go visit the exhibition in Second Life and walk through the story and role play the story, and um, and then create this graphic novel with the avatars. You know, it's like okay, now I really understand what's going on okay the level of of understanding the new language and 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 everything and working together on, yeah. on a project and exchanging it's a lot of of opportunities for language uh, practicing and producing and being creative at the same time and also liter digital literated you know that's another part of a big part of this of course uh, when I uh, use these different mediums, uh, that's why I love uh, transmedia, because it allows you to go from one place to another place and you get the beauty of all of these places. You know, it's not only looking at a word and reading a word, it's listening to that word and producing that word and then creating something out of that word. You know, all of that come together in these kind of experiences. Definitely. So Doris, I think I'm going to have to wrap up now because um, we're running out of time. But I want to thank you so much for joining me. I can, I can and, talk uh, forever about this, you know. I know. It, I think I it love really it. just scratched the surface. But um, I think what I'm hoping this will do is, um, is persuade some of the teachers out there listening uh, that this is something to explore and to to um to get involved in and if if that happens then um then i'm sure you'll bump into them in second life uh, very shortly <laughs> 
Well, so, my, my, my final thought about this is that just explore, you know, yeah. pick and choose and adapt what you need to your reality. Just use your imagination and be creative and, and teach. Of teach, course. Teach and teach good things. Teach for peace, please. We need that. And thank you very much to Doris uh, for that conversation. I really enjoyed talking to Doris uh, and revisiting some of the things that uh, I spend a lot of my time doing. Thank you also to Noam, Mercedes, Tom and Gail and, and all of the others who are listening in live. And thank you to you listening back to the recording about this as well. I remembered um, while talking to Dol Doris that uh, I first heard about Second Life back in 2007 in an article in Wired when it was just emerging. And uh, as soon as I started finding it, uh, using it, I found it fascinating. And it really had that eureka moment um, when I started exploring there that it would, I thought, revolutionize online teaching and learning. And for instance, rather than talking about a particular city such as Paris or Berlin, et cetera, you could actually go and visit a representation of it with students, walk around the streets and truly immerse yourself in the culture without leaving home. And this was really the the idea of being able to do that with students was was um, was very attractive. And uh, then I ended up teaching university students of tourism. Um, and I pitched a course to the university I was working with called Virtual Tourism. They thought it was a great idea. And before long, I was taking students on tours and encouraging them to create avatars and explore the many virtual representations that existed in this virtual world, Second Life, of famous cities and sites. I remember in particular one uh, representation of the Sistine Chapel, where unlike in the real world, uh, place you could fly. Yes, you can fly right up close and explore the details of Michelangelo's work. This was, I thought, much more authentic than just looking at flat paintings showing uh, showing it. Uh, as the works, it's meant to experience to, to be experienced in three D, which it really doesn't come across unless you're there. And uh, of course, if you're there in real life, you can't get up as close as you can than if you can uh, than if you're there in Second Life, for example. You can be there in a way that wasn't possible otherwise. And this, I thought, was really interesting use of this type of technology. And that's just one example. Um, then, of course, I pitched the British Council um, to set up an island for language learning and teaching. And uh, before long, I was commissioning 3D design work from consultants and developing an interesting environment in Second Life that included the representation of the London Eye, of Nessie, the Loch Ness Monster, as Doris mentioned earlier, that would take avatars on a tour of the islands and other features such as Finkel's Cave, Giant's Causeway, and a working sword in the stone. And... Uh, there managed a team of people who were involved in providing tours for groups of learners and teachers. We held events and created language learning quests and self they were self-access games where the avatars needed to follow clues to visit parts of the island, solve puzzles, etc. It was a lot of fun and it did seem to um to really offer something that wasn't available online for teachers and students elsewhere. 
Um, so I think it's interesting to hear that because of the buzzword, the the multiverse, that there's an, a growing interest in this type of virtual worlds. I always knew it would come back, um, that it, it would be something that would be of growing interest again. I think one of the things that um, that caused me to leave and a lot of other educators is to leave is because of the kind of the frustration, I think, a lot of us felt that uh, ultimately the promise was never fulfilled and Second Life needed a very high-spec computer and very good internet connection for it to work well. If you didn't have that, then your experience wasn't great. And in a game or a virtual world, there's something called lag, which is when you push, for example, on the forward arrow keyboard to move your avatar forward and nothing happens for some seconds. That's very frustrating and spoils the experience. That was all going to be solved, we were told. Second Life was going to become easier to use and would require less computing power. Unfortunately, the opposite happened. With each update, SL needed you to have a more powerful system. So ultimately, that excluded many people. Uh, and when people had that frustrating experience with the platform, they'd stopped coming. And that was very disappointing. That's what ultimately led me to turn my back on it. I thought this was never going to actually be able to appeal to a large group of people. Uh, so we closed the islands down. I'm a bit sad about that. But um, what I'm very um, excited about is that this idea seems to have come back now. And I think, um, I'm not sure if the future will be an SL, but it'll certainly be, there'll be more people, I think, going into virtual worlds. And it's certainly interesting that um, the virtual worlds such as Second Life have They've proven themselves to be sustainable. They haven't disappeared completely. There's been a core set of people who have continued using them. And um, I think, um, as, as I said with Doris, I think we've only scratched the surface. Uh, so it'll be interesting to revisit in the future, maybe when there's been um, more developments. However, we've run out of time now, so that brings us to the end of today's show thank you very much for listening very special thank you to doris molero for her time and sharing her expertise with us and to all of you who've joined join me live today um i appreciate it and well done for anyone re, re, uh, listening to the recording for reaching the end uh, remember there are teachers talk radio shows all week and the next show i believe will be the late show at 8 p.m gmt tonight so join me again next week at the same time. And that's it. Bye for now. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.